Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. We are answering the question that a lot of you sent me last week. And the question is, what the heck is coaching? And I think that was actually a funny uh, question that I received dozens and dozens of times as a result of the fact that last week we talked about the fact that Julie's interested in picking up a handful of personal coaching clients, which she hasn't done in a long period of time. A lot of you are asking why. And the answer is simply because Julie and I have not seen the market change like this before. And we need more uh, boots on the ground in different markets so that we can have a better sense of what's happening next. Most of essentially all the reports that you read and all the, you know, the talking heads that are talking about real estate, they're talking about what has happened. Some cases, what's happened like 90 days ago, six months ago, that doesn't really even matter. That's not something that's going to be useful for you for planning out the rest of your year going forward. What really is useful is if you're talking directly to productive agents in different markets. What's really fascinating is knowing what's going on in their businesses, what's going on with their pendings and, you know, all the different things. That's the primary motivation between Julie wanting to essentially branch out into other markets where we don't have some top producing agents. Anyway, back to the question. So I got a lot of you asking me about, okay, I'm interested in having Julie coach me. First of all, I don't know this or the other thing, but the main thing is, is I don't know what coaching truly is. And that doesn't surprise me because the fact is, is that if you've been in the real estate business for 15 years or less, which is virtually all of you, you don't know what coaching is because you've never really been exposed to a coach. Julie and I, because we live and breathe this all day long, we assume all of you know what coaching is. And we now know, or I have then subtly reminded by all of your questions that you do not. By the way, if you want to connect with Julie and I and ask us questions, you can do it uh, one of two ways. It's uh, easiest to message us over on Instagram. It's at timandjulieharris.com. Or you can always just text me. Um, you know, I'm old school. I like direct communications with people. And my cell phone number, this is really my cell phone number, and don't call because I, I never answer my cell phone, but I always answer a text. It's 512-758-0206. So what we're going to do today, I'm sorry, I said that too fast. So if you want to text me, it's 512-758-0206. So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be going through, it was at eight uh, points? Something like that, yes. Explain to you guys what coaching is. And then the last point, what we're going to do is we're going to give you four filters to run through any prospective self-proclaimed coaches so you can ascertain whether or not they're actually credible enough, experienced enough, you know, frankly, for you to trust as uh, being their coach. I personally find it offensive when people misuse words. And no, I'm not being PC here. I'll give you an, an, an example of one that I mean, I have a hard time saying it without getting mad. I don't like it when people say they're experts at something and they're not experts at it. That just drives me crazy. So it, what they're doing is by bastardizing the language, by making it so that you know words don't really have the meaning that they're intended to have, then who do you know, um, how, how can you go about trusting anybody? And that's what's happened a lot of cases with when it comes to you deciding who you're going to hire to help you build your real estate business. So when you listen to these points today, we're going to help you actually decide, especially with the last point, 
who it is that you should be listening to and why. So Julie, without any further delay, point number one. Yes. So point number one, coaching is not the same as training. Training is when someone such as your broker, your team leader, your office manager, maybe another agent you're friends with, training is when they tell you to do something or they tell you to try something. Maybe they suggest something to you. But then you're left alone to figure it out. There's well, not a lot of there there. Training is, training is, for example, what you're going to do if you watch a YouTube video. Training is what you're going to be exposed to when you go to a seminar. Training is great, and there's a lot of uses for training. But training is, all, is also essentially, it's, just, it's not designed to actually have the same impact on you as coaching. Most of you, I have to say, I had never had a coach. I had tutors when I was in school mm -hmm. in some cases. Sure. That would be about as close to having a coach as uh, I possibly could have. Julie had some private teachers when she was a professional musician, certainly. But I personally had never had a coach. And so I didn't know the difference until Julie and I started doing it basically when we were like, you know, 30, you know, right. learning how to be coaches because people started asking us, agents started asking us to coach them. We had to learn how to do it. And that's uh, what I think a lot of you guys need to start. Again, you need to start being really careful who you listen to. And there's a great story. Uh, there's a great story that I want Julie to share about landing a plane. You read this in a book that if the pilot when trying to land the plane is just off by like a half a degree, what that yes. actually means by... That's right. So, you know, when you're up there flying around, the pilot is in charge looking at their instruments. They can tell, are they set for the course or are they veering off maybe one degree from intended? Now, you wouldn't think that one degree would be that big of a deal. You're probably still going to land in the right town. But as it turns out, after it's only like two or 300 miles of doing this, that you end up being massively off target. Thought it was just a couple degrees, but in fact, you could be even in a different state if you're not paying attention. And life is like that. Business is like that. Certainly real estate is like that. And we see it the most in a changing market because it's not until then that you realize or you have a coach that realizes for you and says, have you noticed that this seems to be off by this many degrees? What does that mean and what are you going to do to correct course so you can actually land the plane where intended? And the problem with a really great market is that it, uh, the cash flow from a really great market covers up the things that aren't working and makes everything, everyone, it makes everyone look successful, everyone look smart, and it makes all the ideas look great. And it's only until that the ideas, and by ideas I mean mostly lead generation marketing ideas, mm -hmm. it's only until those things actually have to prove themselves out. It's only until the cash isn't flowing so fast. People are, agents are smartening up and they start to become a little bit more skeptical. They start saying, well, if I spend this money, I want to get this result. That's when all of the, you know, goofy ideas start to wash themselves out of the market. And that is, Julie and I have been in this business for long enough, you know, over 25 years that we've seen these uh, ebbs and the flows. And the, only during the great, uh, I said, I, let's call it a bull market of real estate, do you see a lot of these whiz-bang ideas come, uh, become popular? And we've seen all of them before. None of the things that you guys are experiencing now, you know, social media is about the newest, but all social media is really at the end of the day is marketing. It's, you know, it's advertising. That's really all it is. Uh, and yeah, so those ideas, they come and they go. When the money starts to flow towards the agents with skills, the other agents go. And unfortunately, that's what's starting to happen. There was a report that came out from National Association of Realtors that they, the number of realtors at the end of last year was something like 1.7 million. Julie's the numbers person. And uh, started this year, or at least I think it was in January, that total number had dropped by 100,000 agents. Mm -hmm. That is a big washout of agents who, frankly, when they were choosing what path or what runway to land their plane on, they didn't realize they're off by a couple degrees. And they don't realize that mm -hmm. until they actually have the runway, the 
the landing gear down, and now they discover they're in a swamp. And that's unfortunately what is happening to a lot of agents. And here's the nice thing. If you have a coach, just to finish Julie's analogy, and you're in the air, and you're choosing which runway, and you happen to not be paying attention to the gauges, and you're not knowing that there's a big storm coming, or you're not knowing whatever, a coach's job is to actually tell you, don't do that, it's dumb. You know, maybe they do it in a nice way or not so nice way. But the moral of the story is that's what a coach is supposed to do. A trainer doesn't do that. Huge yeah. difference. Point number two. That's right. Point number two. Coaching is educating you about something. It's likely lead generation. That's where everything starts. But also showing you how to do it, helping you find any tools necessary to actually accomplish that goal, and holding you accountable for the results. So an example would be perhaps you're not pursuing expired listings right now because you don't really know where to get the phone numbers. You don't know what to say. Maybe you don't even know how to find expireds in the first place. You don't know how to handle objections and how to close for the appointment. So coaching closes that gap. Now here's where coaching really drills down. We can tell you right now where to get the expired phone numbers. We can give you the scripts and tell you what to say. But here's what I know after having done this forever. 99.9% of you still won't do it. That's where coaching comes into play helping you to self-diagnose because a really good coach isn't going to tell you what to do. They're going to help you through a series of questions, discover for yourself, because by going through that process, again, this is coaching, it's not training. By going through that process, you change your own uh, you know, neuroelasticity. You've changed your own neuropathways. You're now in tune with the th thought process you need to be at in order to get good in Julie's example of expired listings. So by the way, I mentioned it's easy to get expired listings and phone numbers. The service that we use, that we are 100%, if we are to, you know, every time someone comes into our coaching program, they say, I want to start going after expireds and for sale by owners and all these other great sources, especially now, expireds are the single best opportunity in real estate. What should I do? Um, you don't want to take the time to research all these phone numbers and Mickey Mouse information yourself. It's frankly too time consuming and way too expensive. Mm -hmm. The service that we strongly suggest is Red X. Red X has been in business forever. If you know Julie and I were to get back into real estate, we'd definitely be going after expires and we'd definitely be using Red X. All of our top coaching clients use Red X. And Red X has allowed us to give you guys a discount of 150 bucks to get the service started. Strongly suggest all of you do this. Text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. Text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. And when you do, we'll text you back a link. And with that link, then you can sign directly up with Red X and get the $150 discount. You need that link to get the discount. So text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. Text the word RED, like the color, R-E-D to 47372 and you will get the access to the $150 discount. If you're serious about um, lead generating from proactive lead generation sources, you're going to want to go after expired for sale by owners, all these other great sources. Red X is the source for you to get those phone numbers. It'll save you so much time. Imagine a world where you wake up in the morning, you turn on your computer, there's all the fresh expireds with all their contact information. That's what Red X is. So text the word RED to 47372. Um, and we will, uh, we've already arranged for you to $150 discount. Point number three. Point number three, coaching is identifying your strengths and your weaknesses. It's holding you accountable to getting more from your strengths and eliminating weaknesses through the formation of systems. Now, sometimes this means leveraging technology and sometimes people, but often it's helping you obtain and polish a higher level of skill. That means you're investing in yourself. 
So maybe you've been doing the same thing for a couple of years and it worked for a while, but now you're just not getting the same results. Well, what was that thing? Why aren't you getting results? And what do you need to do to change course? This is a really good point to place to drop in the fact that when you're working with a coach, there's no truly one way to build your business. Some people are going to be more inclined to centers of influence and past clients. Others are going to be more inclined to this, this path or that path. There is no one path. Though there are fundamentals that once you have those in place, you'll have a strong, sustainable business. And if you skip those, essentially those basics, you won't have a strong, sustainable business. You will always be worrying about your cash flow. You will always be suffering the indignities of a higher interest rate, lower interest rate, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah market. Once you have the core spokes in place, your core lead generation spokes, and frankly, your core uh, you know, educational skill spokes, you pretty much are going to be ready for any market that might come your way. That only comes from coaching. You can't get that from training. You can't get that from watching all the YouTube videos. A huge difference. And even at that, and I'm going to, I don't want to step on point number eight here too much, but the reality of it is, is you have to be very careful who you hire as a coach. Guess what? There is no rule for, uh, or law, or, you know, mm -hmm. even qualification for someone to call themselves a coach. That's the reason, like, everyone's now an expert. Everyone also now seems to be a coach, despite the fact that they don't, frankly, even come close to qualifying, given the criteria we're going to give you in point number eight. Julie, uh, point number four. Point number four, coaching will not manufacture motivation for you. Sometimes people think that. Coaching or the coach will not actually manufacture motivation for you, but a great coach will help you find and maintain a higher level of your own motivation. This is done by helping you develop new skills and confidence, which allow you to achieve more success in less time than you could have or would have on your own. A good coach, a great coach, instills in you the discipline of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, but helps you achieve that faster and more consistently than you can do on your own, so you get the results that you're looking for. So an example of this would be a coach identifying why isn't an agent being more proactive pursuing, say, listings and listing leads. Well, a coach is going to drill down and probably discover that that agent might not be having that many real estate conversations because they lack the skills and confidence to do so, and might even be subconsciously avoiding it because they don't want to get stuck in a conversation they can't get out of. So the way you wrote this point, it's also very interesting because I know what you are thinking. Here's the thing about motivation. If you're expecting, if you are only going to take actions when you feel a certain way, motivated, passion, whatever the word is, if you're only going to feel, it, you're waiting to feel that cert, sort of magical, mystical, you know. The spark. Uh, exactly. And then you're going to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. Guess what? You're never going to do it. So here's the key. What you do is when you know how to do something, when you know how to have an intentional proactive lead generation conversation, for example, with a perspective expired, for example, you are going to be always motivated because you know on the other side of that's probably going to be a check for 10, 15, 20, maybe even $100,000 because you have the skill set to take that listing. If you want to know how to mo have motivation, here's how to have motivation. Have the skill to know how you're going to actually accomplish the job. The killer of all motivation is lack of skill. I would just allow that to you know, ruminate in your, in your minds a little bit, right? If you knew every single day you can take a, you can, uh, you know, again, I'm going to stay on this expired theme because it did so well last week on our podcast, sure. right? Uh, if you knew every single day you could proactively lead generate to an expired, you could pre-qualify them, you could set the appointment, you could start taking one, two, three, five listings a week. Are you really worried? Do you have a motivation problem? Here, I'll even give you another one. This one always makes me laugh too. People who say, you have to have passion to be successful. Bullshit. 
That's so not true. Because here's what you do. You become really good at helping people solve a problem, which in the case of this market is buying or selling real estate. From that, even if you don't have passion for it, you're going to make a lot of money. The money is going to motivate you. The experience of helping people is going to motivate you. And with that, essentially that success and that financial freedom, then you can fuel your passions. I have met maybe one person in the decades long, uh, you know, as Julie and I have been in the industry and coaches, I met maybe one person who I could say legitimately had uh, passion for selling real estate. And I'm going to tell you about that person right now. Julie, you'll remember who this was. Hmm. We met her when we were at Howard Brenton. Mm -hmm. So it turns out her and her husband were billionaires, Jim Duvall's wife and yes. Marianne okay. Duvall. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, I think both of them have passed away, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. They were in Florida. And Jim was um, for an on and off mentor of Julie and I's back when we were in our 20s. And he, what he basically, it's, I could tell you so many funny stories about how they made their money, but I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about Marianne. So she didn't have to sell real estate. She didn't have to make money. She just liked helping people. She had a passion for helping people. She sincerely liked it. You want me to prove it to you, listeners? She gave 100% of her money away, which she would still charge a commission. She would still get paid for providing the service, but that money she would donate 100% of the time, never spent any of it on herself. That is somebody who had passion in all the right ways, right? She had passion for helping people, providing a high-quality service, and then because she didn't need the money, but she still charged the money, she then was able to fuel her passions, which is being of service to other people. You guys get it? The one person I've met in all of our careers that actually had that, it was actually passionate about selling real estate. But she was passionate about selling real estate because she saw the impact that the money that she was earning from selling real estate was able to have on the things that she cared about most in life. Whichever all of, our, all of our listeners can have passion for that, right? So when you think about yourself, oh my gosh, I'm not feeling passionate. You're making it all about you. But when you focus about what you can provide through your services for everyone else, which means you then will benefit for yourself, have passion about that. You've got to sort of recalibrate that, right? It's really, really, really important that you understand the motivation and in brackets passion that you seek, that you think you have to have before you actually finally do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level, you cannot look for it as the igniter for you to take those actions or learn how to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. The feeling of passion or the feeling of motivation comes from actually having done the work. I was at the, Julie and I were at the gym this morning. A friend of mine, uh, ours named Keith, was on the treadmill. And he ran, he told me, by the way, mm -hmm. he ran, he's a 56 and he ran uh, uh, an eight-minute, 30-second or 8-minute, like 22-second mile. He legitimately ran 8 miles. That's fast. That's fast. That well, takes it, a lot of work. It's not, it's, not, it's not fast. It's basically great endurance. That's really what it yeah. is. Now, afterwards, he was bouncing off the walls because of all the, endo <laughs> the endorphins. He didn't probably want to get on that treadmill no. and do what he did. But what happened is the physiology of his body changed as he was going through the process. His body started rewarding him for doing what he didn't want to do when he didn't want to do it at the highest level. And then all of a sudden, probably halfway mm -hmm. through, he actually started feeling like doing it. That is the same thing that happens when you become successful at anything. Yes, There's but you couldn't have run for Keith, could you? No. You couldn't make him motivated. Well, not only that, you couldn't have had him feel the experience or feel the benefits of actually having done the work had he not done the work. Or if Keith had shown up and said, okay, you're going to train me how to use the treadmill, he never actually would have gone the treadmill and had the experience. You guys get the thing? Are you getting it here? It's the doing of it. It's the doing of it. Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. If you just embed that into your 
your thought process, and then you start asking yourself, write down a list of the you know, five things that you're going to do today in your business that are going to lead directly to a paycheck. How many of those things truly are what you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest level? Because here's what you'll discover. I'll ask you this question, dear listener. If you wanted to generate five close, if you want to generate five listings, take five listings, I'll even make it better. In the next 30 days, what would you stop doing? You would stop doing the things that you already know are not going to lead directly to you being in a position to help people and get a paycheck, right? So you would have to start doing what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it at the highest level. But here's what I actually believe. I believe that all of you would be willing to do what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it at the highest level if you knew how. That's what coaching is all about. Mm-hmm. That's what coaching is all about. That's the essence of it. It's not just here, make this call or here, say this thing. It's getting into your personal you know, your personal software, it's, you know, hopefully, you know, updating your software, it's updating your thinking, it's updating how you see yourself as a real estate professional. It's updating all the things necessary to make it so that after a while of coaching, the work just becomes to the point where you don't have to think about it anymore. You've evolved to the point where you're operating at a level of unconscious competence. Whatever comes out of your mouth, whatever actions you take are perfect, orchestrated, you never have to think about it again. Point number five. Point number five, coaching is then holding you accountable to achieving your success. A great coach has a deep understanding of what you need to do and in what order you need to do it. Holding you accountable for incremental success ultimately gets you to your desired outcome faster. I'll give you a quick example. There's a big difference between people who call themselves coaches and say, all right, you know what? We're going to set a goal of you doing 50 deals this year. Okay, well, what was that based on? Maybe the person doesn't even need to do 50 deals, but let's ratchet that back. Maybe that person, maybe that's a great goal, and they've done 25 deals for three years in a row, and they feel like they're stuck. Some of you guys come to us that's exactly the, like that's, that. That's what I heard consistently. All the yeah. people that messaged us wanting to discuss you being their personal coach, and I'm gonna, I'm, I haven't talked to you about this. <laughs> it's okay. You, you can give me a snide look if you'd like. This is the reason we don't videotape all of our podcasts live, so you guys can not have to endure the dirty looks from Julie when I actually try to ask her questions like I'm about to ask her. Oh, boy. Well, so we received dozens and dozens of people that were interested in being in your coaching schedule. And for different reasons, not all of them are a good fit for you, mm-hmm. but most of them were a great fit for one of our other coaches. Would you be willing to consider taking on an additional, say, two or three personal clients? Sure. Okay, so here's what listeners you're the gonna... right ones, of course. Yeah, you know, that we're focused. Well, you and know ready what? To let's let's actually tell them what you're looking for. Let's okay. be real. Be real close. Now, if you're not a good fit right out of the gates, what Julie's about to describe, don't worry about it. We have a lot of great yeah. coaches, and if you chose, like for example, Coach Rochelle, she's been with Julie and I since we sold real estate. She's been with us for two decades. She doesn't have. I mean, she she has been with us in the real estate business and the coaching business, all different. Uh, all different markets. Too. All different markets. So if you ended up in Rochelle's schedule, I promise you, you're not going to be dissatisfied. Yep. But what is it that you're personally looking for? I'm looking for somebody who does understand a lot of the basic things, right? That they need to concentrate on lead generation, and we're not still explaining that to be because we've done that on the podcast. If, if but even if they don't. You're looking for people that are willing to not have to arm wrestle with you right. to I'm put not those in things in places. Right. That's the thing that's boring when you're coaching. Well, I it, tell them I'm not going to have Groundhog Day calls. A Groundhog Day call is? A Groundhog Day call is when you come to the call claiming that you want to do X, Y, or Z. We talk about your understanding of X, Y, and Z. You commit to it. 
and next week you've done either very little about it or you come with a bunch of excuses and you still claim that you went X, Y, and Z, and you do that another call, and we're not doing that. How many calls in a row will you let them go where they're basically BSing you and themselves about what they're going to get done before <laughs> you actually take corrective measures? Probably between two and three, assuming the following, okay? Because it's not fair to ask somebody to be accountable to a goal if I, as a coach, have not made sure that they understand the goal, that there's reason behind it, that they know how to execute it. So we systematically eliminate their excuses. Take the expired, for example. If you don't even know how to find an expired in the MLS, it's not fair for me to tell you to go take three expired listings. Obviously, use red X, text the word red. But you know what I'm saying. Text the word red to 47372, and then you won't ever have to go through the turmoil of figuring it out yourself. Right. And then here's a script. Okay, well, maybe your first 10 to 15 calls, you're, you're not really used to using a script, so it, it would be unfair for me to say, you got to come to the call with three listings. Maybe we do that for a couple of weeks, but the point is, you're doing the work, okay? You're not saying, well, I think I have that script you sent me somewhere. You're doing the work because your job is to earn while you learn. I'm a big believer in getting all of our coaching clients to earn while you learn and to eliminate things like analysis paralysis. And some of you think that you've got to role play for 100 calls before you're successful. When I was, a, when I was a, you and I were production coaches for four years, right? Four or five years where we are coaching every single day, 12 to 14 agents every single yes. day. And I have all the same experiences you do with regards to agents that are actually, you know, tall hat, no cattle. They're, yeah. they're saying one thing, but they're doing another thing. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what I've discovered in when you're running into people like that is there actually is a psychological something or another that's standing in their way of actually having direct conversations with people. Now, you guys can all lean into it being fear of rejection, and that's certainly a big part of it. But it's sometimes so much more than a fear of rejection. But it's always the same three or four things. Yeah. You, after you've done what we've done for as long as we've done it, I would be. I am thrilled when I come across something I haven't experienced before from an agent as yes. far as what their problems are. It never no. happens, right? No. And it works in all price ranges. Yeah. So, you know, we have people that are selling tens of millions of dollar properties. We have people that are, you know, selling inexpensive properties in the middle of nowhere. It's all the same skill sets, True. all the same mindset. Mm -hmm. And really what it comes down to, and this is the reason Julie and I always drill down into the fact that the number one, really the highest and best use of all of us on planet Earth, right, is being of service to other people. The reason that that's such an important philosophy is because when you're focused, listen to what I am saying, because when you're focused on being of service to other people, your ego or all the bullshit excuses you allow your ego to essentially uh, be emboldened inside your, your head they can't coexist. Uh, just think about this, guys. Oh, I'll give you something maybe some of you have experienced with or have experienced with. You, I want you to think of three things that you're really grateful right now. Seriously, listeners, do this exercise. I want you to think of three things. Here, I'll give you one. You're grateful for this podcast, <laughs> right? No, seriously, think of three things you're really grateful for. Go ahead and say them out loud to yourself. Everyone do it. Tens of thousands of you, I want to hear you say what you're grateful for. It doesn't have to be the same things. No one's judging you. It could be the shoes on your feet. It could be the lunch you just had. It could be your dog. It doesn't matter. It could be your family. It could be whatever. Three things. Hopefully, many of you are grateful for more than three things. Now, I want you to notice, and it doesn't matter if you were running on the treadmill, as a lot of you do when you're listening to us, or if you're driving or you were doing whatever. What happens is when you're thinking of the things, just thinking of the things that you're grateful for. Do you notice how your physiological, uh, how you feel changes? The anxiety goes away. 
the, the your your sense of connectiveness with other people it changes you're all of a sudden and i'm not going to use julie and i are not woo woo hippy dippy types but you do start boiling at a higher temperature you are operating on a higher plane when you are in a state of gratitude the being in the state of gratitude changes your mental uh, algorithm in, a, in essence and allows you to be in tune with what your highest and truest purpose on this planet is which is being of service to other people so if you can experience, allow yourself to experience the sense of gratitude, this or a sense of gratitude, and think of those three things. Notice what doesn't exist in your head at the same time. It might be there somewhere in the shadows, but your fear-based thoughts, your scarcity-based thoughts, your fear about what if this person says this, or how do I look, or am I too fat, young, old, stupid, whatever, right? All those things can't exist when you're putting yourself in the state, uh, state of gratitude. It's fascinating, isn't it? Don't know why it works, but it does. <laughs> it definitely so, works. And there's so many... Go ahead. So... Here's the way you can use this to your advantage. When you're trying to put yourself, if you want to tap into that same positive energy, the way you go about doing it is when you're in real estate and you're actually deciding to do the real work of real estate and you're deciding to have direct proactive conversations with people who could hypothetically reject you, it is possible, but this sting of it does not feel the same nope. if you're staying tuned in to that state of uh, essentially being of service to other people. Being of service to other people and that state of gratitude kind of are the same vibe. Again, I don't know why it works this way. I don't need to know why it works this way, nor do you. Don't analyze it. Don't be analytical about it. Don't read a bunch of books about it. Don't waste your time thinking about it. Don't pray on it, meditate on it, or burn a bunch of candles uh, Just about accept it. it. Just accept it. So if you want to know ultimately why it is that you're struggling in life in general, it's because you're thinking too much about yourself. You're being too narcissistic. You're focusing too much on how I feel, how I look. What's this? What's the other thing? And I realize society nowadays is reinforcing that. But the best communicators, the most powerful people in the history of, power, uh, history of the world, the people that you admire, that Julie and I admire the most, they're not doing operating like that. They're thinking about other people. They're not thinking about other people for the sake of, uh, I mean, not wanting something or wanting to improve or wanting to make money or wanting to buy things. They're thinking about other people because they like how it makes them feel and they like the results they get from feeling that way. Now, I just took you guys on a little uh, path down the difference between coaching and training. If you had been having that direct conversation with Julie and I on a private individual coaching call, it wouldn't have just been all those words. It would have been through a series of questions where we would have helped you to self-discover that indeed you are in the very moment. Here would have been a typical coaching call. You Can you be my client? Sure. All right. So, Julie. Yes. And this is somebody, uh, let's, we're going to stay with the expired thing. This is somebody who will not pick up the phone, will not have a conversation, and um, I'm going to set it up a little bit. So what a lot of times will happen is they'll, they'll try to make it so they have great excuses why they're <laughs> failing at doing the real work. For example, they won't use our script. They'll say they're using our script, and then when you role play with them, they're not. They're using their really crappy version of our script or even worse, something they found online. Okay, so there's the first thing. Use the script. Do what we know works in all markets and all price conditions. And, you know, we, we're, you know, here's the three processes for scripts. Memorize them. I'm sorry, uh, internalize them, memorize them, then personalize them. We do want you to personalize them, but what a lot of you do because, you know, your previous incarnation, you were a school teacher and somehow magically you think you're a great script writer, you're going to get our scripts and you're going to somehow do it better. Why waste your time? That makes no sense. 
Now, I know 90% of you are still going to do that. And then you're going to wonder 12 months from now why you didn't have any success from, say, for example, calling that expired. It's because you did not choose the path of least resistance. And yet they'll like, blame the expired. Expireds don't work. There aren't any expireds in my market. They never close. They don't do this and they don't do that. It wasn't the expired. It was you not following a system. Or we'll ask, okay, when did you call? Uh, and you'll say, I called during the middle of the day. And we'll say, well, can you tell me exactly who's home during the middle of the day? Everybody's at work. Or you'll say you left a voicemail. That's the other thing. <laughs> That's always hilarious. Oh, Tim, I'm so proud of myself. I made 10 contacts with expired. Did you really? Mm-hmm. All right, so what's a contact? I mean, you know what the rule is. A contact is a conversation with a decision-making adult. Did you do that? And then you'll be shocked, listeners, how frequently they will try to, you know, frankly, move you around on a coaching well, call. Well, they're trying to redefine the definition of contact. Right. So they'll say, oh, I left, I left 20 messages. Not a contact. A conversation has two sides to it. That's right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I talked to their kid. Not a conversation with a kid. It's conversation with a decision-making adult. Okay. So once you move all past all the hard heads out there and they're actually in the process of setting aside all their preconceived BS and they're ready to make a phone call, here's the question. And if they're still not doing it or they're not doing it at the highest level, here's the question I'm going to ask. Julie, mm-hmm. you're about to make a phone call. Mm-hmm. You're doing it the right time of day. Okay. You're using the script. Mm-hmm. You're using the information from Red X. Mm-hmm. You're going to follow the process. You're not going to change it. Sure. Con- you're not going to think about it. I want you to tell me right as you're about to hit dial or pick up the phone or hit send or whatever it is, right before you could hypothetically have that conversation with the decision-making mm-hmm. adult about the job of selling their home, I want you to tell me exactly how you feel. I feel really nervous and really scared, and I don't want to feel conflict, and I don't want to get stuck and not know what to say. Okay. That would and, not... And so I, I, I'm kind of am, uh, paralysis of picking up the phone and actually doing it. Right. So where is that... When you feel that feeling, can you manifest that feeling right sure. now? Sure. I'm he- having it right now, having to explain it. Right. Or if they say they can't, what we'll do is we'll say, okay, uh, let's get an expired, and you're going to call them. I do do that. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. then you're going to basically make them feel that... We want them to manifest that feeling that's preventing them to stand from standing in the way of them actually doing the real work because right there I'm about to share with you something that should be magical to at least you know 10 or 20 percent of you when you're about to make that phone call Julie Mm -hmm. to that perspective expired Mm -hmm. yep and you're having your head full of all these what ifs and Mm fear-based thoughts sure where does it manifest in your body do you know when it starts when you start to feel that way sure my my heartbeat gets faster I get kind of sweaty palms and I I probably breathe a bit faster okay so also I look for excuses like getting coffee and stuff like that to avoid it (laughs) that's right so uh right in my heart sure dead center right around somewhere above your stomach and Mm -hmm. there's something okay now listeners sometimes it makes me feel sick okay so Julie remember Julie's a coaching client would you be surprised if I told you that everyone feels that way before they do anything that they're nervous about really okay so here's why there's something, and I'm not a doctor or a exercise physiologist. I'm just your neighborhood real estate coach, a real real estate coach. So would you be surprised if I told you that what happens is you're experiencing what psychologists call fight or flight? Hmm. And what happens is when you start to go into a situation that you're nervous about, where you feel like you could get psychologically hurt in this example, mm-hmm. somebody rejecting you, sure. your body is going to release endorphins and some other things that's then going to either trigger one of two things. You're going to run the hell, get out of the way, yep. or you're actually going to stay and you're going to do the work. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to think about what I just said to you listeners. Many of us have been raised on the belief that when we feel fight or flight, we should flight, we should run. Get out, save yourself. You can see how evolutionarily, you know, the theory of evolution, right? Mm -hmm. You can see how that had a useful purpose 
if you were in a situation where a pterodactyl was going to want to eat you, you were going to have to actually have the thought of running the heck out of there, right? That would be a good thing to happen to, you know, preserve the, the race, right? The yeah, species. Exactly. Okay. But it doesn't really serve you much purpose now. It doesn't serve you. So like if you, for example, going back to the pterodactyl, you're walking down, Julie and I are walking down and we're down this, you know, rickety old path and there's wherever the heck a pterodactyl sound like. And we could see him, you know, eyeing us for his, you know, late day lunch. And he's trying to he's trying to put in position until he can just swoop down. Obviously, we're going to want to run to a tree, run into a cave, run someplace. That serves a purpose. Get away from him. Life and death. But the same exact mechanism that causes us to want to run from the pterodactyl is this in that physiological reaction where you have this big surge of energy to, to prevent you from frankly dying, mm -hmm. that is going to be the same exact physiological reaction that you're going to have when you're in a situation where you're thinking about doing something that could result in psychological stress. So I just gave you an example where the pterodactyl, I'll, I'll make it more practical. We're going to bring it up to the modern, modern times. Okay. Julie and I were in Manhattan recently walking on the street. You see a, a cab or a you know Uber jump the curb. And, you, you know, your fight or flight mechanism is going to want to cause you to jump out of the way. And you're going to feel the endorphins from that the rest of the day. You guys get it? You're all knowing what I'm saying. You've experienced these things before. But that same exact mechanism serves you no purpose when it comes to actually making phone calls, for example, or doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it in, in real estate or anything else in life. You still feel that same release. The fight or flight kicks in. And because you do not have a mental control of it, you go to flight mode. That's the reason that when you're thinking about making that phone call, Julie, yes. you are now not going to make that call. You're not going to, you're going to do everything to avoid making that call because mm -hmm. your body is telling you that there's something that's going to cause you harm. Right. So just to land that plane is, so I think what you're saying is that my subconscious mind doesn't recognize like that quickly the difference between real fear, fight and flight, like that Uber's going to, you know. It, it's psychological fear versus real versus fear. Versus real fear, right? right? And so because my primal brain does not immediately recognize the difference and say, hey, wait a second, this isn't actually a fight or flight situation. You don't need to panic. That I feel it and then I react to it versus saying, hey, wait a second. This is not, I'm, there, I'm in no real danger here. I'm just manufacturing that. That's what, that was the reason I was asking her where it manifests. So when I originally started to learn this, I was in my 20s. And, uh, you know, Julie and I were selling real estate. And I would notice that when I was in a situation that was triggering my ego, which if you want to bring some Freud in, there you go. And I was starting to go into fight or flight myself. Now, my natural inclination was never flight. It was always fight. But that didn't always work out to my benefit. Right. Okay. So what, what happened is, is I would feel that feeling manifesting dead center, just like it does for everyone. Now, I, I researched this ages ago when Julie and I were writing one of our books. And I believe that the brain releases us, uh, uh, triggers something that is actually located dead center that then essentially causes, as Julie said, your heart to increase. There's, there's a chain reaction of things it's that chemical. happens. It is chemical, mm -hmm. and you can't really do anything about it. No. You can do one thing about it when you feel that feeling, and you catch it once. All right, so Julie, here's what I want you to try. Mm -hmm. The next time you're in that situation, mm -hmm. which is going to happen a lot, provided you actually do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. Since I hired you as my coach, I kind of feel that coming. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? So when you feel that feeling, yeah. um, I want you to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to think about it. Or think what comes from or where it came from or nothing. Don't give any energy. Okay. But I want you to feel it. Mm -hmm. And then I want you to observe it. Mm -hmm. Okay? So that's the process. And I'm. it'll be a, the first time you catch that emotion, 
and the first time you observe it, then what happens is instantaneously it has no power of you. I want you to think about that. So when you have these, when you're being triggered to use modern words and you're feeling this way or that way, that is you being somebody else's sucker, basically. You're being manipulated. If you can monitor for that feeling that you have of fight or flight, if you can monitor that sort of lizard brain reaction you have, then you can stop it. And the only way you can really stop it is by acknowledging it in the sense that you're observing it. And by the observing it, it stops to be have power over you. The only way it has power over you is if you don't observe it. And that is something that if you are willing to actually experiment with that, it'll change every aspect of your life. Yes, and you know, it's funny, you're giving me these flashbacks to when I was dealing with it as well, because you know, you mentioned music for me, and I would get that fight or flight, almost like a panic attack before I remember. a solo or some big performance. You were a nightmare. Oh my gosh, because it's almost uncontrollable. And I remember uh, proactively generating even lead follow-up. Sometimes if it was like a, a big or unusual lead, I would get that same feeling to different degrees, right? And I think we all get that when we're dealing with, some of this is dealing with the unknown. Sometimes it's because, you know, in music, I would get it a lot worse if I wasn't prepared. And I had a music teacher tell me a long time ago, when you feel that, assuming that you have actually practiced what you're doing and you've actually done the work. That's the important you part. You catch yourself and you say, am I actually prepared or should I be feeling panic? And assuming that you've done the work, in this case, you have the scripts, you've, you have a coach that's helping you, you have the direction of the call in your mind. So that's called the seven Ps, proper previous planning prevents pitifully poor performance. And if you can catch yourself when you're having that initial panic and say, hang on a second, you do know what you're doing. You, you got this. You've got the confidence. You did the work. It's in your head. There is nobody who has a better job at this than you. In the Harris Rules book, we have the, the pre-listing prayer that helps with this a lot. But it, all of these things combine to give you more confidence. And when you have more confidence, then you say, you know what, Tim? Because we did all that work on objection handling, I can't wait to go to that next listing presentation. I can't wait to hear an objection because I know what to say. Now, I'm going to tell you guys a little secret. I hope you heard everything Julie just said. Uh, you can have all the best training and the coaching in the, in the world, but nothing is going to be like learning on the job. True. For sure. But most of you will never get to the point where you're going to learn on the job because you're not that serious about your real estate careers. You aren't. You're just looking for shiny objects and put enough money for you to go to Disney World. And that is a vast majority of you. I realize that. Those are not personal coaching clients nope, for Julie don't Harris. don't call, don't text. <laughs> exactly. Just go to Disney. I mean, it's okay. You just go to Disney. But, you know, guys, all of you have the capacity. All of you really have are designed to be of service to other people. You, There's something inside of you. You say, I want to be successful. I want to do this. I want to do the other things. I want the world to see me a certain way. The way you get that ultimate feeling of satisfaction, the way you get that ultimate, I mean, again, I'm trying to use these newer words so the younger folks listening can understand, the way you get that sense of fame and influence is from the people you helped. You cannot skip the process. You know, you cannot skip the step. You cannot buy a reputation from all your media. You can buy advertising that temporarily makes people think something about you. That's not the same as a reputation. If you want to have ever-increasing levels of success in your business and personal life, you guys know the rest at this point, right? Now, I promised you four filters, and here are the four filters. When you are choosing a coach, <laughs> when you're choosing a vet, when you're choosing a bricklayer, a mason, it does not matter who it is. When you're choosing a professional, someone who claims to be a, a professional that you're about to entrust with 
you know, your future in the case of real estate coaching, there are four questions that you absolutely, four filters you absolutely need to run everyone through. And I'm going to give these to you uh, relatively quick, but frankly, they should be self-evident to all of you. Number one, when thinking about hiring your real estate coach, do not believe the fairy tales. If the person has not sold real estate before, they do not qualify. Rule number one, have you sold, Mr. Supposed Expert Real Estate Coach, have you actually sold real estate before? If the answer is no, listeners, you can do better. If they've never sold real estate before, how the heck is that person going to teach you how to sell real estate? How? Doesn't matter. Now, can they train you on how to set up... Uh, you know, an Instagram channel or whatever. Yes, not the same. Be careful what you ask for. Rule number two, let's say you find somebody who is a real estate coach, claims to be a real estate coach. Next question you're going to ask them, next filter, question filter two is, did you sell, have you sold at least 100 homes per year? Have you, Mr. You know, Perspective, I'm thinking about hiring you real estate coach, sold at least 100 homes per year? I think that's a great second filter because guess what? There are Frankly, a lot of reasons to understand that a lot of, if you sold a hundred homes in a year, you've got it going on. You've done more right than wrong. That takes a lot of work. Here's the problem. If you only did it one year, and I'm going to get to filter number three, someone could have listed a subdivision. Someone could have listed a building. Someone could have listed a farm field. You know, the farm field became 8,000 lots. And the next thing you know, they sold 8,000 homes or 8,000 lots. Those are 8,000 sales, but they only did it for two years in a row or one year in a row. That's not the same. You want somebody who sold real estate, who sold a lot of real estate to mostly individual owners and ideally all kinds of different market situations. 99.9% of all the coaches out there who have uh, sold real estate at, and sold at least 100 homes per year have not done it in different markets. They've only done it in the past 15 years in this really great boom market. The skill set necessary in this new market is frankly like nothing we've ever ex uh, experienced ever. It, it, all the markets are so incredibly different. There is no, Julie and I are looking for familiar, I actually heard Gary Keller say this. Mm -hmm. He too is looking for familiar, familiar, familiar patterns. Yes. You know, he's been in real estate since 79. Julie and I have been in real estate since the early nineties and things follow a particular pattern. You can kind of predict what's going to happen next based on what, what happened before. Not now. <laughs> no. And anybody who tells you that they know or that they are sure that this is what's going on, you shouldn't listen to them because this is unprecedented. Right. But if you don't have, most people don't think beyond their own personal life experience. And so if you, you know, if you've only sold real estate in the last 15 years, you've never sold real estate during a mark, down market. You don't know what the heck that even means to deal with the psychology, your own psychology, let alone the psychology of your buyers and sellers. You just be careful who you listen to. Filter number three, question number three. Okay, you had someone that has a real estate license or had one, sold 100 homes per year. Filter number three, did you, Mr. Perspective Coach, sell at least 100 homes per year for at least five years in a row? Whoa, what? Yep, that's right. Because like I said, they may have just listed a farm field, sold a bunch of lots. You want somebody who's been successful selling real estate at a high volume for at least five years in a row. That is somebody worth listening to. By accident, that person is going to leak valuable information. Yes, they're going to drip it. <laughs> they're <laughs> going to drip, drip campaign. There you go. Yeah, they well, are. But, but why? Because to do that for five years in a row, 
nobody does that without having depth and breadth of their knowledge and their skill base, because you're probably not going to keep doing that in the same exact type of real estate or type of environment. You probably have gone through some market fluctuations Absolutely. if you've done it at a high level for five years. That's right. And di so different, you know, different types of residential, luxury, first time buyer, different types of mortgage loans, different things that they have to know about to do things at such a high level. Now, why do you care about that as a coaching client? Is because you want to have absolute surety and confidence that your coach will have the ability to get you through virtually anything you're dealing with instead of saying, well, I don't know, go out and try it, see how it goes. Now, some of you, and I can feel it, are thinking, well, I don't need somebody that's that you know, credentialized. I don't need someone that's that experienced. I'm just gonna watch a YouTube video and I'm gonna learn how to make a TikTok video. Ugh. God bless you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that, then you're not ready for coaching. That's just a straight up fact. Don't waste your money. Don't waste your money if you're not mentally ready for, uh, to think like this because it will be something that you will regret doing because, you know, frankly, you'll be licking your financial wounds of, I guess, maybe ill investing your money. You Assuming know. that you survive real estate. Exactly. Okay, filter number th uh, four. And this is where the rubber meets the road. So you found someone who's had a real estate license. You found someone who sold at least 100 homes per year. You found someone who sold, same person who sold at over 100 homes a year for at least five years in a row. The last question is the most important question because listen, listeners, just because you're good at selling real estate does not mean you know crap about helping other people to do it. They are completely different skill sets. There is, Julie and I sold over 100 homes per year for 10 years in a row. We sold over 100 homes our first year in the business. That is a record that we understand is, uh, was, we, we, we set it and it's never been broken, right? So I want you to think about that. Now, selling real estate is easy compared to learning how to be a great coach. There's no comparison. Selling real estate is very systematic. It's very, you know, follow this, follow this, follow this, follow this. It's very simple. Buyers and sellers always say the same damn thing. You're not going to run into a lot of experiences after a while that you're not going to, uh, you know, have not experienced 100 times before. Selling real estate, if anything, when you're operating at a high level, is boring, should be boring, and uh, yeah. boring real estate businesses are also the most profitable real estate businesses. Learning how to be a great real estate coach means that Julie and I had to move past our own malarkey, and we also then had to learn how to teach others to do the same. Extraordinarily difficult. Julie and I have personally each had well over 100,000 paid coaching calls. Now, why does that matter? Because what's going to happen, and I hear people trying to lie to you guys about this when they're faced with our four filters, because some of you guys have run with this, is they'll say, well, I am, you know, I've done a whole bunch of seminars or webinars, or I've spoken in front of a bunch of people, or my YouTube videos have, you know, 16 trillion views, and that's the same as having 100,000 one-on-one paid coaching calls. No, it's not. Well, I've done a whole bunch of public speaking and a, bunch, a whole bunch of different agents, and that's the equivalent. No, you might be a very good trainer, and hopefully you are but you're not a real estate coach that's essentially qualified like our listeners uh, should be expecting from anybody that considers a real estate coach. 100,000 at least paid. Why does the paid matter, Julie? It matters because if you are paying for something and it stinks, you will cancel it. You've been market tested, right? So you can't do, a, you can do, let's be honest, you can do 100 paid coaching calls and, Maybe. and you lose all your clients because it turns out you're terrible at it. If you don't get results, you're not going to survive. Exactly. Bottom line. Right. So you've been market tested at this point. In the industry, listeners, and I think you probably have already figured this out, I don't know anyone else at this point who checks all those boxes but Julie and I. I really don't. I don't. Now, 
Some of you aren't going to be able to afford Julie as your private coach, which is the other thing that's going to be important. And that's great. You can work with our other coaches, and then you can work up to having Julie as your coach. But the truth is, is most of the great coaches, there were some when, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, they've retired. They're no longer doing it. I mean, Julie and I are insane. We still do this. Well, we're young enough, frankly, and we enjoy it still. Yes. I say still. Well, and, and we do have other programs, so, you know, that's why talking to us matters. We're going to get into your head, sort some things out, and make some good decisions and help you have confidence we're, moving forward. We're moving the furniture around in the attic, yeah. you know, the place where you never go, right? <laughs> we're clearing out the cobwebs and dusting, right. and we're finding the box of pictures that you put up there a million years ago, right? We are going to help you get your head screwed on straight so you can thrive in this market. That is what high-caliber, high-power you know, frankly, effective coaching is all about. It's not training. Hopefully, we've made that very clear to you guys. So it does not matter who you're thinking about hiring to provide whatever service. Make sure you run through those same filters. And when someone tells you something, don't just believe it. Make them validate it. That's the other thing I see all the time. Somebody will – there's testimonials that are fake. A lot of people have fake testimonials. A lot of people are claiming success for somebody who doesn't even exist. It's all contrived. That's the market that we're leaving. We're going to enter in a market because all those little, you know, whiz-bang, you know, marketing mostly companies, they're not going to survive through this real estate market over, that's going to last maybe one or two years. Julie and I told you guys uh, now three years ago that we thought we were in a long-term cycle and the inflation is, wasn't going to be temporary at all. We told you guys, and we started talking about inflation way before even COVID started, that we thought we were due for what was going to be a long-term uh, essentially significant financial reset. So here's really what you have to get your mind in tune for. If you think that things are going to go back to the way they were and you're waiting, hoping, and praying that you're not going to have to change anything uh, because interest rates are going to be 3% again, you are wrong. Maybe not even in your lifetime will they be 3%. Maybe not even 4%. You know, we were in real estate for a couple of decades before, I mean, three, even 4% was unheard of. So if that's what you're hanging your hat on and you believe that your success depends on the market going back to where it was, you are listening to the wrong people, even if you're just listening to yourself, because it is not happening. Don't you think that we would tell you if we thought that that's where it was going? Of course we would. A lot of people are waiting, uh, you know, waiting, hoping, praying and saying, oh, it's all going to look. We have to get through a couple quarters of this. No. And then towards the end of the year, things are going to be like they were. They're never going to be like that again. Forget about it. You're never going to have the same aspects that got us there, right? Exactly. Now, that doesn't mean, and, and I've read the same, the Gary Keller thing, too. He was talking about how, you know, how is it? This is so mind-boggling for most of our listeners, most licensees right now. How is it that there, were, there was a time when interest rates were 18% and people still bought and sold houses? That's crazy. So you got to stop hanging your hat on that being the only factor. Did you know that, to th that this year is going to be the third best year ever historically? Okay, well, okay. let's hit them with two truth bombs, okay? okay? Yes. So truth bomb number one, the last time inflation was like this, it lasted 10 years. Mm -hmm. The inflation is going to ebb and it's going to flow but it's not going to leave. That means interest rates are going to stay high. There's an excellent reason to believe that interest rates towards the end of the year will actually increase as uh, inflation starts to enter back in. Are you guys seeing any places, any things in your life that are cheaper than they were a year ago? I'm not. We're. It no. doesn't exist. Inflation is still here. It's going to be here to stay for a long period of time. It's going to have to work itself out of the market. Last time we were in a market cycle like this, it lasted 10 years. We're at best a year and a half to two years into what probably will be a 10-year cycle. This is the market. You can thrive and you can do amazing in this market provided you move fast. 
Your competitors, unfortunately, many of them, especially those that don't listen to this podcast, are going to be asleep at the wheel. They're going to be hoping and praying that the clouds clear and it's going to be like the way it was. So that's the bad news if you want to see it that way. And Julie's got some interesting news. Well, so the good news is, as I was just mentioning, this year is expected to be the third best in terms of um, sale price staying high, in terms of volume of deals in general, everything that we track. And there's so many different factors. I won't do it on this podcast. But it is number three only to the last year and the year before. We're just adjusting. The world is not coming to an end. You will do transactions. However, the strong will survive, certainly, and you must get your skill set on waiting, waiting for interest rates to come down, waiting for the market to change, waiting for more inventory. Waiting is not a strategy. This is why we have a podcast series called How to Recession Proof Your Business, which we've already done. This is why our next podcast series is about how to find inventory other than your MLS. So uh, those of you who are seriously serious, like (laughs) level 12 serious about your real estate businesses and this podcast resonated with you. If you're still listening, basically after 54 minutes, you will probably want to have a conversation with Julie about being one of her private clients. It is okay. And maybe a better move for you to start with one of our lower tier coaching programs. And that's great too. If you want to just get started with us, but it's training, it's not coaching. Do not be confused. If you want to get started with us um, in the premier program, just text the word PREMIER to 47372, text the word PREMIER to 47372, or just go to PREMIERCOACHING.COM. For the handful of you that are truly ready to go to the next level, and you're going to do whatever it takes because you know now is your time, yes, you can text me directly at 512-758-0206. I am considering, frankly, for the same reasons, thinking about taking up some clients as well. I kind of miss having private coaching clients. But what I'm really, really wanting to understand more is the market and the market conditions. Julie and I, in order for us to stay on top of our game for your benefits, we have to know what's going on in the marketplaces. And nothing is better than direct, personal, one-on-one coaching clients with agents who are actually in the market doing it because of the market. So if you want to talk to Julie about being a client, you can text me directly at 512-758-0206. I'm hoping that this podcast helped all of you to understand, frankly, how to decide who it is that you're going to listen to and why you're going to listen to them. I'm hoping that you're going to walk away from this show um, knowing that you can actually make better decisions and the decisions that you really should start with is how you can be of service to other people. Go through the little mental um, you know, roller coaster we took you with, took you down, gratitude, being of service to other people. You probably were allowing yourself to experience an emotional, have an emotional response that made you feel strong. It made you feel powerful. You can be in that state 99% of your life. That's not just some little, you know, essentially magic trick that Julie and I just did. That is how you naturally are designed to be and how you want to be if you're actually going to be in tune with who you should be, which is the person who's going to be of service to other people. That is where you're going to find everything you're looking for in life. Julie, anything you'd like to say to these guys? Yeah, well, if you're serious, don't delay because there's only so much space. And I am looking for some (laughs) very serious clients that are super ready to go to the next level. Yeah, I mean, you've talked with probably... um, you know, quite a few and um, mm-hmm. maybe like, what, 10, 10% were a good fit for you. Let's sure. just be honest. Well, and some will be in the future and yeah. there's a place for them. And that's fantastic. We like to take care of all of you. Yeah, if that's something you guys are interested in, text me directly at 512-758-0206. And yes, absolutely get a subscription to Red X. 
That's going to be the first thing Julie or any of our coaches are going to tell you to do anyway. Text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. We'll text you back a link where you can get a uh, $150 discount. And that is your source for expired listings. That is where you go to get all that information. Where it's done for you, you turn on your computer, you're ready to rock. In the meantime, guys, thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. It is truly our pleasure and our honor to be in the position where we can help so many of you every single day. And uh, sincere gratitude. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.